This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating in locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Hey everybody and welcome to this edition of Let's Talk Adult, where you come to hear smart talk about sex. And when you think about smart talk about sex, there's only one person you can think of, and that has to be the king himself, (laughs) my partner in crime, Glenn King. Glenn, give us your opening remarks and please then introduce today's guest. Greetings, Jim, and greetings to everyone out there, our thousands and thousands of listeners to the Let's Talk Adult podcast Here we are for another great episode where we uh, bring you uh, adult entertainment talk for the adult entertainment curious. And uh, I'm Glenn King. I'm a a producer slash director of adults uh, type uh, content. And um, as you know, Jim, our mission is to bring to the masses. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase enlightenment enlightenment because porn is not just happening in california and inside our little bubble anymore it's happening everywhere and so i'm i'm always thrilled to bring on experts to talk about the industry and break down some of the the mysterious things that happen behind the scenes and i have today uh, jim a very special guest i have with us the lee steinberg of adult entertainment agents you may recall that Lee Steinberg wrote a book called Winning with Integrity. And uh, so I wanted to talk to an agent, but I wanted to find for us one who um, is at the very highest echelons in terms of class and integrity and, and who brings that to adult entertainment. So I have with us today the one and only adult entertainment super agent, Mark Schechter of ATM LA. Hey, welcome, Thanks. Mark. Thank you, Glenn. I, can we end it right now? Because I don't know. It might get worse from here. <laughs> Absolutely not. Thank you, got... Thank you for the uh, compliments. You're very welcome. Uh, just so people know, Mark and I have known each other for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. Um, Correct. We met before he was an agent. He he was actually doing a um, a web project with Bree Olson and I was friends with Bree and her agents. And we all got together to negotiate a contract. 
Um, but Mark and I go way back, and, and I can absolutely say that he is a man of integrity, and he's an agent that both uh, uh, clients and producers can trust. So let's get right into it here with you, Mark. Just start by uh, giving us some background on yourself. Tell us the story of how you got started in the business, and, and how did you become an agent? All right. Well, well I'm going to try to keep that as short as possible because it is a long story. It spans over 20 years. I actually am entering into my 20th year in the adult entertainment industry and started from uh, just a conversation at a poker table about 20 years ago and actually maybe a little longer, 21 years ago or so when I actually had that conversation. I, I was in the casino business for close to 20 years prior to this. Um, started as a young kid and got all the way up into my late 30s and um, early 40s and was looking for something different and I found it at a poker table and sitting next to a guy that um, I had known for a little bit and we did that old conversation what do you do what do you do and he said back in 1998 I do internet marketing and and I make money on the internet and I was like whoa that's that what is that how, how do you how do you do that I mean and that, uh, long story short, led to a, a, a interesting partnership that about 12 months later, I was able to walk away from a 20-year career in the casinos and uh, never looked back. And I uh, started actually doing just affiliate marketing and website traffic and sending, you know, internet traffic to porn sites and, you know, just setting out buckets and collecting money back in those days. And uh, that evolved to... <laughs> yeah couple other partnerships that uh, led me into production and I actually ran the back end of a production company so I did everything from post-production to publishing distribution sales marketing I did that for about 14 years 13 14 years or so maybe a little less than that um, and then I, I sold off to one of my ex-business partners and um, decided to purchase a already existing adult talent agency this was about six years ago and why why did you do did it for i did it for an exit strategy um you know i was you know in partnerships you know in and out of several partnerships in my last 20 years you know in terms of the prior to the agency and i felt that the agency was an area that i can get into it was a small enough sector for me that i could financially get into and 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 get into and make a difference and make make some money and maybe walk away in three to five years and get somebody else to run it and i would sit back and semi-retire well six years later i'm still at it so my, my original plan did not work because you love what you do well you, I, you know i do love what i do but you know unfortunately you know everything's volatile in our industry and i would say three four years into this thing um things kind of plateaued. So my growth, you know, cause I, I, I bought the agency at a kind of a low point in the agency that I bought and then I was able to grow it, but it, it plateaued to the point where I wasn't at a point that I could walk away and, you know, still make some money off the thing. So I'm, I'm still at it. And uh, I've got some, you know, exit strategies that I'm working on and things are actually doing really well this year in the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, I'm still enjoying it. I'm, I'm, not spending as much physical time in my office anymore, which is a two and a half hour commute by train each way. I only go in there now one or 
once or twice a week when I have meetings. Uh, staff that pretty much handles everything. So, yeah, I've got it dialed in now where it's nice and comfortable. Uh, why do you think that you've plateaued, which isn't um, uncommon? I mean, I think every agency right now would say that they're not seeing the kind of growth that they did five years ago. What do you think has changed? Um, well, uh, production numbers in general are down. I mean, if I look at what I thought was the market share six years ago, I would say the market share today is about 70% of that. So, you know, my 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 numbers are directly related to how much production there is. And if production is down, then I'm 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 going to lose a share of market out there. Um so that's one factor. Um a, a, another factor is, you know, there's just always still competitors popping up that, you know, I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but you know, they do tend to take some of the market share away in terms of model management, you know, because there's only so many models that are out there. I mean, it's not an infinitive uh, number that, you know, you can just keep uh, adding and, you know, and plus the, the agency itself reaches a saturation point in terms of a threshold of, of efficiency in terms of managing the number of models that, that you have. And I actually happen to have the largest model base, of all the agency. Yeah, I have another theory I'm going to throw out at you in a moment here about decentralized production versus centralized production. But first, let me just remind our listeners that you're listening to Let's Talk Adults with Glenn King and Jim Williams and our guest, Mark Schechter. But before I come back and ask you that that question, um, I just want to help our, our viewer or listeners understand more about well, what does an agent actually do in this industry? What, why are you necessary? Um, well, I I wouldn't necessarily say we're necessary. Um, oh, you are necessary. I, I'll say it if I, you I won't think, say it. You're very necessary. I think it makes it more um, efficient and more cost-effective for the producers to go through an agency for their model selection. Number one, they they tend to get a little bit more of a, <clears throat> a, a an assurance or a reliability factor. Um, and, you know, hopefully they have a good relationship with the agent that they, you know, have a conversation about the performer that they want to book and make sure that that performer is, is what they're looking for in terms of their needs. So I, I think those aspects, you know, tend to keep us around. Uh, I think the other one is going to be also that, you know, without us, you, you lose the element of the the new recruit, you know, because all agencies have a very extensive recruiting process. We're all different. We all recruit differently. But, you know, when you talk about, you know, the trying to bring in new recruits for the producers, because that's really what the, what they need, <clears throat> um, it, it's vital that, that they rely on us to do that. Yeah, let me explain uh, to our listeners from my end of this thing. So I'm a producer. Every time I do a scene, I'm spending a couple thousand dollars. Um, I've got to provide, I've got to pay a makeup artist. I've got to pay a crew to be in there. I may have to pay for the girls travel to be there. Uh, I may have to pay for studio time, which can be, um, a hundred dollars an hour or so, uh, depending on where we shoot. And all of those things, uh, are only a good investment if the talent that shows up is sober and what she looked like in the picture and comprehensive of what we're trying to get her to do. 
and uh, or comprehending of what we're trying to get her to do and, and so on. And that's why agencies are absolutely crucial. Um, if I got contacted today by somebody who looked like Pamela, like a young Pamela Anderson, who said, hey, I just want to let you know, I, I saw your on, I've seen your productions and I've never done porn before, but I really want to work for you. I'd be excited, but very skeptical because I don't know who the, I don't even know if it, the person contacting me is the actual girl in the pictures. I don't know if I'm going to pay for a plane flight for her and she's going to get on the plane, which has happened to me many times that somebody doesn't get on the plane. Um, and I don't know if she's somebody that is sober or, you know, I don't even know if she's, you know, what all the parts of her look like up close and, and so on. Somebody has to qualify that person for me. And, and that's what agents do. And on the other end, it works the exact opposite. The girl who may get contacted by, directly by a producer who says, hey, I'll give you thousands of dollars to come shoot for me. God knows who or what he might be. And Mark can probably tell you many stories where it turns out to just simply not be a real producer. It's just a guy who either wants to take advantage of this girl and not pay her or he's pretending to be a producer so he can have sex with her at a lower price or so on. The agent is the middleman who sits in and qualifies both ends and makes sure that we have a legit producer and a legit uh, talent. So important. Yeah, that, that's correct. Yep, very correct. And, and so I've seen people on Twitter saying, hey, girl, leave your agent, leave your agent. You don't need an agent. And every single time I try to tell these girls, you know, the only time that that's actually the case is when somebody has been in the industry a while already knows all the producers and talent and is good at managing her own calendar. They already know all the producers. They can get everything lined up, but they're not good at managing their calendar. And so you end up with right. a mess. Mark, so that's also a, part of what the agent does. Yeah. Go ahead, Jim. No, I was just going to say, uh, Mark, I have a quick question for you. You know, I deal with agents all the time, uh, you know, and, and I have an agent myself uh, with IMG and um, they offer different types of, of, um, representation some of them uh will take care of you know uh finances and help you figure out what's the best way to, to handle your finances some of them um are just out to get you the gig or whatever you need um some are full service agencies some are just as i said before placement type agencies in your business how much counseling do you do when you bring on a new talent uh, that varies from talent to talent. Um, you know, I, one thing that I guess potentially separates ATMLA from some of the competitors is we do try to cater to each performer as an, on an individual basis. So there's no cookie cutter for us. We're one, one size fits all. Um, and so, you know, some performers want that type of guidance and um, uh, teaching and all that kind of stuff. And then there's some performers that, that know what they want and they, they want an agent that's going to deliver to them pretty much how they want to be represented and the things that they want to do, not necessarily. And again, I, would, I don't say that, you know, we would ever have a performer do something they don't want to do. I'm just, you know, some performers don't know, you know, the benefits of all the various scene types and companies that they can work for. And sometimes they, without knowledge, they can't really make an informed decision. And that's where we come in to 
help the performers make informed decisions. And then once once they make that decision, then then you know we we go ahead and support them, uh, even if it's something that, for example, we don't necessarily. Uh, I guess like where it's my cup of tea. Uh, I can give an example of that. Like in yes, yes, some, give an example. Uh, situations where. Um, there's some very rough and aggressive type scenes out there, um, and uh, you know it's not my cup of tea. And I don't necessarily enjoy watching that type of content, but there's there's performers out there that enjoy performing in that type of content. So, you know, it's not my place to dictate or to limit side what a performer does and doesn't do, as long as it's a legal and as long as it's you know be within a a, a company that goes through the vetting process that's necessary if they're not known to us but i always like to refer to atmla as the desired agency so we want we want the performers to want to be with atmla they don't want to be part of the agency then you know there needs to be a discussion and same thing with my clients i want my production clients to want to do business with us because they they enjoy our service they they think they get a value out of it Um, and not just because we have that girl Glenn and I will be back with more of Let's Talk Adult right after this. We've been married 14 years. 12. We've been married 12 years. And uh, for our last anniversary, he gave me cash. To keep the fire lit, we use KY2 and one touch massage. No card, just cash. It's got a uh, warming sensation, and we love that. It was about $50. Feels great all over. Yeah, I went shopping, got this pajamas. For? Well, the top. Massage or... <laughs> KY Brand Touch Massage, 2-in-1 warming and also 2-in-1 tingling, body massage and personal lubricant. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adult. Our guest is Mark Schechter, a super agent. He's the Lee Steinberg of agents, and he's with ATM LA uh, Talent Agency. And, um, well, the example I'd want to give is, is we, we had Brian Gosling on a few weeks ago. He, he's, you know, he does rough scenes, um, but I believe he is a director with integrity. So I'd ask how you... Um, prepare a girl for a scene like that. And then I'll, let me ask my follow-up question to that, because it's every email that we've gotten from the show for the show today. People want to ask you a question is every one of them is the exact same thing. And I get this question like 50 times a day anyway. And my DMs is how does somebody get into the business uh, of both males and, and females? So, so take both. All right, of those well, uh, I'll, all right. I'll answer the first one about content such as Brian's. Brian's a good client of ours. I have a lot of respect for Brian. Um, I don't do a, in a lot of business with him because we just don't necessarily have the plethora of girls that, that are uh, capable of doing that type of uh, performing. And so the process I go through is if Brian contacts me directly and for a specific girl, um, that's usually what he does. He doesn't hit me up and say, who, who do you have that will do my content? He, he, he targets girls and rightfully so. And, and these are rough um, scenes, just so everybody understands. They're very, very rough. Yeah, very rough and aggressive. Um, and so my first uh, task is to present the offer to the girl, the type of the scene, and then I let them uh, inform them of the website. And I actually ask them, and it's a requirement, that they go to the website and they spend some time looking at the content. And they have to respond back and consent that that is the type of content that they want to uh, work on. Now, even before that, though, when we have our interview process and I've you know, uh, started representation with that same girl could be a month, six months, six years earlier, 
you know, I, I had that conversation with them when we took them in and we, you know, went through some of the things that they do and they don't do. And even when they tell me that they, they like rough and aggressive sex, I, I still go through a series of questions to get, kind of set a, a level for them that I think that where they stand in those types of scenes. And if they, if they don't answer the questions with, you know, fluent answers that I'm comfortable with, then I would tell Brian that, no, she's not ready for that type of a scene. Good. Well, mo- moving on to your second question, how does somebody get into the industry? It's very difficult. Um, I guess we'll start with the, the easy one. The easy one is the female. So the female, you know, really she gets in by her looks and her age. Um, that, that, that typically opens doors of interest. So for example, um, I, I see the highest um, caliber or area of girl that we're, we're always looking for is a girl that's between the age of 18 and 21. Um, and when she's at those age brackets, then, you know, we take a look at what she looks like if she's uh, in a body shape and size and uh, uh, desirable for our producers. And, you know, I produced for 14 years, so I know what they're looking for. I also know what, uh, what generates bookings and what doesn't. So I, I use that knowledge and experience and I, I can make an easy determination on whether or not there's interest. And there's uh, some other factors that go into it. So for example, a girl that lives in LA has a uh, an easier chance to get accepted than a girl that lives in Tennessee. So the girl that lives in Tennessee has got much stricter and stringent requirements. And if they don't meet those requirements, then we won't move forward because there's a, a little bit more of a difficult process. A, you have to get them to LA. Um, they have to sustain themselves financially. So you, you know, we have to make sure that we're not going to, have a girl travel all the way across the country and, and sit in a model house and not work. And that's, that's not something that we would want to enter into. We don't want to take that chance because it's just not, not the right thing to do. So there are different areas of, I guess, you know, um, levels that we would accept depending on where the girl lives and age and what well, she looks like. Okay. Let's like just that. walk through the process here. Let's say the next Elsa Jean is sitting out there in, uh, Tennessee somewhere. So she emails you or calls you and says, Hey, I I'd like to get into adult entertainment. And what do you tell her? Send pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So if we get somebody that, you know, just again, initially just hits us up, get a lot of emails. We have a back end submission process on our website. Um, okay. What's your website? Then, People, I want, I want everybody out there to know how to get, start this process. If they are the next LCG. <laughs> there you go. It's uh, www.atmla.com. And we'll link that in the show box for you. So, yeah, so they reach out to us and the first, my, you know, first question is, you know, please, please reply back with you know, number one, an ID so that we can verify that you're over the age of 18 Please include uh, a handful of pictures, both front and back nude, so we can take a look at you, and then give us some basic information, such as where do you live, how old are you, um, are you able to travel, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that starts the process, and, you know, it's either going to get a, you know, one of two responses. Typically, it's, you know, I'm sorry I can't assist you, or, you know, we, we would like to talk to you further about potential representation. 
So then do you say, send me a video of you in action? Do you, I mean, before you um, fly a girl out to LA, how do you know that she's going to be worth it? I could, I could tell just by looking at him. Yeah. Talking to him on the phone as well, or I mean, um, I mean, talking on the phone is, it actually is more of a kind of a term I'm looking for. It, It kind of seals the deal for us. I mean, obviously if, once we, you know, we do have to have that phone conversation. Uh, we we also have a, a a live Skype kind of an interview process, so we make sure that it is the girl that's sending us the pictures. Yeah. Um, and if we notice anything that is um, irregular or abnormal in terms of, you know, what was not displayed or shown in pictures, um, that could be a, a a situation where we would not move forward. Um, if, if maybe in the phone conversation, we sense that there was maybe some drug issues or alcohol issues and, you know, we can, we can always kind of tell if somebody's, you know, three sheets to the wind or, you know, just, you know, not coherent. We, we get that all the time as well. So that, that could also end it right there. We would not move forward, but generally speaking, if they, they pass the, the photo test and the basic information that we're looking for, and they pass the phone call and or the Skype interview process. And then, you know, we would move forward into bringing them out to L.A. So then when the girl comes out to L.A., A, where does she stay? Do you provide housing? And then B, is she going to get work on her, right when she shows up or is her first trip out there to do some go sees? No, we, we don't bring them out until we have at least anywhere from two or two to five pre-booked scenes. That, that we're assured that the girl's going to at least come out here and start working right away. Um, so that's first and foremost. So we, all, we, we do always get some pre-booked scenes. They, when they come in terms of where they stay, for the most part, we utilize several various model house um, opportunities that are out there. So there's, there's several people that manage and run model houses. So they, they basically rent a room. And then they, they stay with other girls in the model house, typically sharing yeah. Uh, yeah. information in a lot of cases, really useful yeah, for, for them to be around other talents. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, what about, I mean, there's, there's different, there's different various forms of these model houses. I mean, we have contacts with, you know, the, the traditional model house where there's four rooms and could be two, two models to a room and they're, they're all nice, happy, you know, communion there in terms of their living situation. And I've got, I've got some arrangements where I've got, you know, just industry people. Uh, they could be production people. Uh, I've got a production manager where they, they, they own their places and they have one or two bedrooms that they rent out. And, you know, sometimes we'll place girls in, in those situations as, as well. Okay. So I'm going to ask you about the, uh, the guys as well. First, of course, I want to remind people you're okay. listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Jim Williams and our guest, Mark Schechter, by the way, before I move on, uh, if, if, at some point when you talk to the current Elsa Jean, you know, we, we'd like to shoot Elsa. And, and I think it's an interesting okay. thing because Danny, who works for you, has spoken to her on our behalf, I think. And, mm-hmm. and she said, well, that's not the type of scene that I like to do. Um, and maybe the problem is actually on my end and that I need to sit down with Danny and explain to him what we actually do, because there's a lot of misperception that my company shoots uh, you know, people tend to think because we're called mean bitches that we shoot these dungeon scenes mostly with 
tying up and bondage and whipping and stuff like that. But we don't. A lot of what we do is hot young women seducing older men and using them as sex slaves, which is kind of the specialty of the current Elsa gene. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if I yeah, could ever no, sit down always... with Elsa, I would explain that to mm-hmm. her and she'd probably say, oh, well, shit. Yeah, I want to work for you. Yeah, no, we can always definitely explore that option. Yeah. So, all so, right, well, let's move, ask. Moving on to the guys. All the guys. right. Um, yeah. That's a much shorter conversation. Um, if I, you know, we get guys contact us all the time. We usually get anywhere from one to six phone calls a day. Um, many of those are very, very short because they're actually just on the other end jerking off. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so if we get a guy that, that reaches out to us and I hate to disappoint any of the male listeners out there, but most of the time, I'm going to say it's going to be, you know, I'm sorry we're not looking for any guys at this time. And and the reason for that is because it literally takes a hundred guys for me to even have one that could even be a potential. Um, and, and so therefore when, you know, it's just in terms of sheer numbers and how much, how many times we get approached, it, it, it just would, would take up way too much time. And I also know that, that it's just, the likelihood of me finding somebody in that, you know, haystack is going to be slim and none. So mo- most people don't even get a, a, an opportunity or a conversation. When we do finally get, I guess, something that stands out. So most of the time it's, it's an email. It's not a phone call. Nobody ever is going to get anywhere through a phone call. So don't call my office and say, I want to be a porn star. It, it just won't work. You won't get past my front office, girl. You know, the, the best way for a guy is you send a professional email, um, you know, a little bit about yourself, include a couple images of yourself, front, back, with a nice erection that I can see your size. And and, and that that at least is going to get eyeballs. And sound now, professional. Listen, out the, <laughs> listen up, guys out there. Don't send them yeah. an email saying, yo, I'm the next big thing. Call me. Yeah. It needs to yeah, be yeah. high there. I'm so and so. I live in whatever city. I'm this height. I'm this weight. I've enclosed some pictures of myself. I have experience in front of a camera doing this and this. I feel like I'd be a good talent because of this. You know, you're applying for yeah. a job out there, guys, and, and treat it yeah, like that's, that. That's correct. That that's correct. And so when when I get somebody that, you know, at least got gets my attention, which again is very rare, I, I have a a copy paste little thing that I just send back real quickly. And it's, I have two requirements. If you meet these two requirements, then the conversation can go further. First requirement is you have to live in LA. Second requirement, you've got to have some redeeming attribute that's going to separate you from the average guy. And that's usually a big dick. And when we say big dick, it's not what you think is a big dick. It's what you see in, in, <laughs> You know, in porn, it's, it's yeah. you know, there are two different uh, measurements. There's porn size and then there's regular size. You know, big regular size. You have to be able to see not, it thrusting back and forth. It's not yeah, easy to see. regular size is size. not, you know, if you're the, you're the biggest guy in the gym, that, that, that still doesn't cut it. I mean, you have, <laughs> you, you actually have to be, have a real big, you know, thick. I mean, it, it's otherwise you're not going to get an opportunity because 
there's there's thousands of you guys and and that opportunity is the most difficult part so let's just say you live in la and let's just say you have a nine inch dick okay so now you got my attention but the likelihood and if i get a hundred of those guys now mind you we started with a hundred and only one of you actually lived in la and had a big dick now i need a hundred of you to get one that's going to be able to keep that dick hard and perform the way the producer wants it to perform. That's the most difficult part. Most people fail. And even somebody that is the biggest gigolo in the nightclub fails all the time. Yep. But getting back to the female performers, what about diversity? Diversity in ethnicity, diversity from different countries. What, what, what about that? Well, that's evolved and changed over the years. When I was producing, I remember that we used to have several different product lines and you know, we, we sold websites and we sold DVDs and we had websites that actually catered to Asians and blacks and Latins, Hispanics, if you will, um, the various ethnicities, um, you know, that are out there and, and, and it sold and we were able to produce and there was enough performer base to and also a consumer base that there was a market um let's change you know the just content in general has changed over the course of at least this course the 20 years that i've been doing this so now it's it's consolidated to you know smaller numbers of ethnicity and you know for the most part you know a, a black asian or latin hispanic girl is um you know, really competing in the same performer pool with all any and all girls that are out there. Why are there so few big-breasted, you know, curvy black uh, African-American women in the industry right now? There used to be, you know, so many Vanessa Blue types when I first started in the industry, and now there are kind of none. Uh, none that actually are in the active West Coast talent pool. Yeah, I mean, that that's a very accurate of where we're at nowadays. Um, I, I think it's a, a matter of, you know, what, what, what's selling out there and what the producers are, are shooting and what, what they're selling. And um, I think it's condensed to the point where um, it's a lot more, I don't want to say whatever the opposite term of diverse. It's just the numbers are not there anymore. So, it, you know, years ago, it, it, any girl really could make it in the porn industry because she could just have sex and it would sell. There, there, were, there was a tremendous market for commercialized porn, but now the market is, is different and it's more about personality. So if, the, if that black, vivacious, you know, curvy girl has the ability to generate a fan base and a user base, then she's going to get work. So really, it's not a matter of ethnicity. It's a matter of, you know, what's selling. So it's, you know. Well, I think what you're saying is it's kind it. of chicken and egg in, in, in a sense because there aren't that many uh, companies that are shooting lines uh, that are centered around African-American, busty, curvy women. And then because of that, the African-American, the, the cream of the crop ones uh, that fit that description of the curvy ones, aren't coming to LA uh, to shoot because there's not enough work for them. 
And if they were here, right. there might be more work. And if there were com- more companies shooting it, there might be more girls coming. But in the meantime, they're finding other ways to make money. Uh, you know, and as an example, I think Mariah Mills is her name over there down in Florida, uh-huh. who has a contract with um, uh, with with Bang Bros or Reality Kings mm-hmm. or one of those companies. And, you know, she's doing great out there. She's a beautiful African-American curvy woman yeah. and she's getting lots of work. Uh, but I mean, her work is through the the exclusive contract that she's got, right. supply and demand type thing. Um, but it's, I don't think it's racial at all. I, don't, I think there are plenty no. of producers like myself who, you know, people say to me, "Well, why aren't you shooting?" Um, you know, the the big, uh, busty, curvy African Americans anymore. And my answer is, I, they're not. I don't have them available to shoot. Oh well, why don't you right. reach out to so and so stripper who's hot on Instagram? And it's like. It doesn't work that way. I cannot convince people to get in the business, not with what I pay. Uh, you know, Bang Bros right. can um, because right. they can give a girl an exclusive contract. But I can't convince a girl, even if I'm paying for a full, you know, a full day rate. A lot of times a girl's not going to come out to do one scene out here in Las Vegas. She needs to be able to get eight scenes when she flies somewhere. And therein right. lies the That's problem. Mm-hmm. So, um that's you know that's I think that's the issue with ethnicity. Hey, uh, let me ask you before we start running out of time here about um, so there was a, a, a ruling recently. State of California Labor Board ruled something with uh, L.A. Direct Models, and I, I don't expect you to to comment directly on the case, but I believe it involved something about how um, the agency had been accused of of improperly charging girls for some of the services that the agencies were offering uh, third party services that the uh, were being provided like housing that we talked about or, or photography. And then also there was some concern that the labor board had about content trades, which is a very murky gray issue in our industry. Uh, how, so how, what I really want to know is how is this affecting you? D- does this, um, ruling change the way that she'll do business going forward at all? No, no, it doesn't, doesn't have any effect on how I do business. Um, uh, I mean, in, I mean, I can address the, uh, the one issue regarding the model housing billing and things like that. Um, I mean, I guess that could be a potential liability uh, because the state, I mean, the state of California does require us to um, have our our list of fees that we charge you know listed in our contract and I guess there's a there's a concern or an issue in related to model housing and it's only because you know if you run a if you have an internal your own model house and we don't have our own model house so you know, that's why we don't have that situation, but, um, cause our models will go into somebody else's model house and their, their payment to the owner of that model house is direct to them. We don't, we don't have any involvement in that, but you know, in the case where you own your own model house and a lot of agencies do. So LA direct is not the only one that has interest, I guess, in a, in a model house. And that you know, we used to, but I just, it, it just became a, problem center for us so we changed the way we did it but in, in when you do have that service and it's your model house and you're paying the, the rent or mortgage on that then you have to collect from the performers 
the the rent that they owe. Right. And the way the nature of the business is, you know, sometimes girls, you know, get paid same day, and sometimes girls get paid and they get they get paid two weeks later. Well, if they get paid two weeks later and they need money today, then typically agents will advance payments to them. I advance payments to my performers all the time for testing or maybe they need money to go buy wardrobe or something like that and of course I expect to get paid back and I typically always do unless a model skips out on me but in the case with these model house situations if you if you invoice the model for a model house fee and that fee is not listed on your license approval with the state of California then that could be a problem uh, yeah, let me just clarify for our listeners what we're talking about here. So a model might work five scenes and have $5,000 coming to her, uh, and that money may go through the agency to get to her. But then when she gets her check, it's a lot like you know you work in your first job, and all of a sudden you see all these taxes coming out, and you're like, what? This is oh, un- so unfair. That's what it can look like to a model who has been in town for a month and has $1,000 coming out that has been advanced to her to pay for her to place to live, uh, has some money coming out that was used to pay for her uh, test, uh, and maybe money was advanced for her, f- her photography, or maybe money was advanced for rides. A lot of them don't have a vehicle. And, and so they get confused. They get this check that's way smaller than they expected, and then they start screaming that their agent ripped them off. And it's it's not the case when you're dealing with the high end agencies. None of them could stay in business very long if they were going to be ripping girls off. So that's what Mark's talking about here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. So so there you go on that one. We're getting you know close to the end of our time here. So I just want to maybe go to a little bit of a lightning round here. Um, just a few questions for you. When a talent chooses not to do interracial scenes, is that racism? No. That's personal preference yeah that talents people are contractors they're contractors they're not um the type of employees where mark can say you have to go here you have to go there every and this goes through mainstream movies as well when toby mcguire gets booked for a scene he can ask well who's my female co-talent that i'd be working with that i have to do a makeout scene with and maybe he'll decline to work with that person and nobody gets to even ask why it, it's just it so yeah, i, I agree correct. with mark uh, how do you protect your talent from getting injuries or being abused on sets? Well, when we make a booking for a performer with a director or producer, um, it's always with a known director or producer. So, you know, we're always comfortable because of their longstanding relationship and um, track record and history. So we're never concerned about those areas. If If we ever get involved in a, a new director or new producer, um, I always have a policy of, of requiring references. And, you know, that does cause a, a, a little bit of a chicken in the egg situation because uh, the new director producer says to me, well, how can I get started and give you references if you're not even going to let me get started? And I always suggest to them that, you know, they're going to have to get some type of an approval with either some other agency or go through direct means with unrepresented models and at least build a body of content that you can prove that you're producing for commercial purposes um, and that you're, 
you have a reputation of being professional on set and that this is for business purposes and not for pleasure purposes. And in, in my experience in doing this for a long time, I can tell you that the guy that calls me up and says, I'm just starting out and I ask him for references. He says, well, I haven't done a scene yet. And yeah. I, I, I can't view his content and it's not out there. I can, I can guarantee you his intent is not for commercial purposes. All right, last question, and then I'm going to wrap the show up with a little mini rant that's intended for all those guys out there who want to get into the business. Um, So I had lunch with a producer the other day, and I was telling him about this talent that we just shot. And and she, you know, I said, boy, she's fantastic. She's here in Vegas. You should shoot her. And he said, well, we did shoot her, and she was very disappointing. It was a, it was a, we didn't think her attitude on set was very good. And I said, boy, that's a surprise. What went wrong? And he said, well, we, you know, we, we got to the part of the scene where we were doing wrestling and all of a sudden she acted like it was a big deal that we were going to have her do some wrestling. And I said, did you tell her agent in advance you were going to do wrestling? And he said, no, but it's not a big deal. And I said, well, to some girls, it is a big deal. You know, the girl in question, I know her very well and she doesn't like to wrestle because she's kind of a bigger girl and it, it makes her look like a, you know, a bully or a beast or something. And she doesn't, like her image to look that way. But my point, Mark, is that um, he didn't do what was proper in, in terms of informing the agent. What do you as an agent do to make sure that you know everything that's going into a scene before the girl gets to set? You know, like who is she going to be working with and what are all the things that are going to be done, et cetera? Well, we do a, a pretty good, thorough job of vetting out each and every booking that we make. And again, I rely on my relationships with the people that I'm dealing with because I, you know, I deal with them day in and day out with their bookings. And, you know, most, if not all of my regular clientele that I do regular business with will always inform me if it's something that's just not your normal vanilla type of scene. Like if it has, you know, wrestling involved or if it involves them jumping into a pool or if it means that, an oil scene where they have to put some type of oil on. I mean, there's a, there's so many different factors that require disclosure so that I can properly disclose it to the girl and make sure that she's not, you know, going to have a problem with that type of uh, activity that's on set. So, you know, we, we do our best, but there there is always going to be a situation where there's communication errors, some not intentional, but they, they, they happen. And I always, coach the girls that when they ever encounter and they will, they will always encounter a situation where they go to set and they were, they were not properly informed. And, you know, sometimes it's communication errors. Sometimes it's a, a, a matter of omittance of, of information that should have been relayed. Um, and I always tell them, you know, pull yourself aside, tell the director, you got to go use the restroom. Give me a call. Let me know what's going on. And, you know, give a call to the director and see how we can resolve this because, you know, at the end of the day, there's money that's at risk for production expenses. And there's, you know, person, you know, individuals that are, you know, subject to doing things that they don't want to do. And so that's not a good situation. And, you know, our, our job then is to try to resolve it so that, you know, everybody's comfortable. All right. So, so if you're a upcoming director out there, let me give you some advice coming to you from a multiple AVN award winner. Mm-hmm. No surprises on, on set. When you want to book a girl, you tell the agent everything that 
she might need to know, they might need to know and a lot more just go ahead and you know even though you think it might sound obvious that there's going to be a blowjob in the scene you put that in there it's a boy girl scene there's going to be a blowjob there's going to be some foot licking there's going to be some wrestling um just give them the list and then you'll find it goes a lot easier on set now i'm going to wrap this up mark by um sending a little message out there because you can correct me on this but 90% of the people that are listening to this podcast are are guys who want to get into the business, I think. <laughs> There's so many of them. And my message to you guys is, you know, as Mark just told you, it's very, very difficult to, to be that one in a thousand or one in a hundred thousand who has all the qualifications and gets in by sending an email to an agent. For the rest of you, there is another way. And, and it's the way that I got in the business. And if you want to know more about it, then go back and listen to our podcast with Brian Gosling from a few weeks ago. It's the way he got in the business. And that is you can start producing your own content. No matter what city you're in, you can find t- a female talent that want to work with you, start putting it on Pornhub, make a clips for sale store, make a many vid store, start doing cam shows, whatever. If you're not afraid to be on camera, then this should be no problem for you. And you know, you're going to say to me, well, wait a minute, I have to have money for that. Um, yeah, that's right. You have to have money because you're starting a business here, just like any other business. If you want to start your own restaurant, if you want to start your own business, if even if you want to be a Uber driver, you still have to have a car first. So save up your money, find another job, save up your money for a year at least until you have what you need to get started and then start shooting your own content. And then when you've got a bunch of scenes in place and maybe even a fan following, then maybe you contact an agent like Mark and say, hey, I, I've, you know, I've got all the qualifications. Um, I've been doing this a while. I've got a fan following. I've, I've already got experience. Uh, and I'd like to start marketing myself to work for other companies besides my own. Mark, is that, is that a good way for guys to get in the business? Yeah, absolutely. There's a big market out there for that type of content. There you go. So that's the answer, guys, is don't wait around for somebody to hire you. I've been saying this um, pretty much every episode, but I want to reinforce it because we've got an expert here who helps people get in the business that can tell you the the porn industry just isn't the kind of place where you um, apply for a job and get one. There just aren't enough jobs in our industry in terms of internships. You can't apprentice. You just kind of got to have to go out, be brave enough to do it yourself, and then you can move into the mainstream. Well, Mark, thank you so much um, for coming on with us. And, and a lot of this, I mean, all of this was really great information for people. Tell everybody one more time, um, you know, your website and how to contact you, regardless of whether they're a producer that wants to hire your talent or whether they're talent that wants to get into the business. All right. Again, it's www.atmla.com. That's uh, our website. You can see all of our performers there and, Feel free to send me an email, mark, M-A-R-K, at atmla.com. Glenn and I will be back with more of Let's Talk Adult right after this. We've been married 14 years. 12. We've been married 12 years. And uh, for our last anniversary, he gave me cash. To keep the fire lit, we use KY2 and one touch massage. No card, just cash. It's got a uh, warming sensation, and we love that. It was about $50. Feels great all over. Yeah, I went shopping, got this pajamas. For? Well, the top. Massage or? <laughs> KY Brand Touch Massage, 2-in-1 warming and also 2-in-1 tingling body massage and personal lubricant. Welcome back, everybody. Now, 
If you have not yet taken the opportunity to subscribe to this podcast, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, we make it very simple. Go on out to the iTunes store. Why? Because we are very pleased to be part of the Apple Podcast family. You can go to Google Play because we also are part of the Google Podcast family. You can go to Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and very soon the TuneIn app. But you know what? Best thing to do is search. That's right. Search Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Jim Williams. Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Jim Williams. Hit the favorite button or the subscribe button, and each week you'll get a brand new edition of the podcast sent to your tablet, to your phone, or hopefully to both. So please do that today. We greatly would appreciate it. Now, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, and you want to get in touch with us, that's simple to do. Just go to letstalkadult at gmail.com. That's letstalkadult at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions, your comments, your questions, and we will get right back to you on that. And hopefully we'll be able to ask some of those questions on the podcast. All right. So as we wrap things up on this edition, Glenn, why don't you give us your thoughts for the week? Um, This quote is from the great Oprah Winfrey, who I think a poll showed is the most admired woman in America. And she says, Real integrity is doing the right thing, knowing that nobody's going to know whether you did it or not. And there you go, people. Um, That's why we had on here with us today the Lee Steinberg of talent agents, the man of integrity. And and I'm sure that you could see and understand, um, having listened to him, no matter what business you are, no matter what you do, your integrity is absolutely the most important thing that you've got that can sustain you in the long run. So do the right thing, whether um, everybody knows about it or not. So there you go. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Glenn King, Jim Williams for Let's Talk It All. We'll see you next time. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.